Hello listeners, David Newton here. I hope you're having as much fun listening to the program as I am producing content for it each and every week. Although this is a free podcast for all of our listeners, contributions from supporters really help me to keep this going. To show your support, please visit RoosterTailTalk.com and locate the support tab. Every contribution helps this podcast to continue to bring you more Hydroplane news, interviews, and history. Now, enjoy the show. Tail Talk, a podcast dedicated to everything related to the sport we all love, hydroplane racing. I'm your host, David Newton, and it's time once again, so sit back, relax, and welcome to Tail Talk. It is May 12th, 2020, and this is episode 34. Today's episode is part two of our Charlie Grooms interview. Last week, we left off with Charlie talking about the Home Street Bank sponsorship. As we pick up today, Charlie goes into the purchase of the bud shop for the Miss Madison team. We talk about the future of the sport. He shares his favorite Bernie Little story. And we even talk about what it means to share the sport with his family. I'm not sure if it's conjunction with the Home Street Bank or if you guys did it on your own, but uh, not too long ago, the bud shop was obtained by you guys. Uh, can you talk, talk us through how that went through and what it took to kind of reopen that bud shop? Uh, that's kind of a long story. It actually took me seven months. <laughs> oh, wow. To, okay. To get that, to get that done. But, um, seven months and, um, seven months and eight attorneys, um, uh, all the different parties, but, um, it was a great experience for me. And, and, um, but actually, uh, the genesis of that thing really was that, um, uh, Home Street asked us why we weren't top qualifier. Mark Mason's a very competitive guy. You know, why aren't you the top qualifier? Uh, as, and it wasn't a, it, it wasn't in the context of you should be doing this, that, or the other. It was just general talk. Mm-hmm. We said, well, you know, at the time we, we've got a boat that's, um, I think, 10 or 12 years old. I think it was 2007, so maybe it was 10 or 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And it'd been wrecked and crashed and Steve had done a number of things to it and, and luckily only blown it over once. And that really wasn't, a, I mean, it was a blowover, but he drove it back to the dock. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was, a, you know, it was a little heavy uh, and had some challenges. And so we just said, Hey, you know, there's, there's certain things that you can and can't do primarily with weight. And so we made the case that, uh, you know, a new boat would, would allow us the flexibility to do the things we really wanted to do to, um, prove that um, what our, our, our uh, uh, goals and objectives could, could be met. And so, um, well, what's the cost for a new boat was the next logical question. And um, I told them and they said, well, give me a, you know, give me a quote. <laughs> and so I, I went around and it turns out that, you know, there are a number of guys out there that have molds. You know, so we could rent molds from this guy or rent molds from that guy or, or maybe have Ron Jones do something because Ron had built the, two, the, 20, the, the 07 boat or at least provide the parts. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we scouted around and I, um, 
was aware that there were parts for a new boat in the molds at the bud shop. And so I called Mark Smith and he said, I, you know, I, I don't know, just, you know, you need to call Joe Little. So I called Joe and I'd known Joe forever and ever because obviously I raced with him and his dad. Yeah. And, um, you know, he just said, hey, you know, I've, I've been out it for quite a while. Why don't you just buy the whole thing? <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. You know, what's that entail? And so we you know, went back and forth and back and forth. And um, over a period of days or weeks or whatever, I recall, it doesn't make any difference really. But uh, uh, Joe said, why don't you just buy it all? And uh, he built it right there in the shop. And so I went to Mr. Mason and said, well, here's option A, here's option B, here's option C, which one do you like? Mm-hmm. And uh, we had done our due diligence uh, on all three options. Uh, Mark's very much a business guy. Uh, and um, so, I mean, this wasn't happenstance. It was fact-based, fact-driven. Here's what your options are, mm-hmm. which is what he's always told me. You know, he's always a pragmatic guy and a business guy, extremely busy. So um, there's not, when it comes to real business with Mark, it's not much small talk. It's okay. Here's the business. Let's, what, here, what are the options? What are my options? <laughs> and so I gave him his options and he said, I want that option. Okay. I'll take care of it. So I did. And the option he picked was to uh, buy the stuff from, uh, from Joe Little. Mm-hmm. He felt like uh, that had the most broad range of uh, upside for, for the sport. I think uh, Mark's not naive enough to know that the sport has many, many challenges. Um, and so his, uh, his real goal and objective at that time, and still is, to, uh, to help the sport. Uh, obviously help his team, but to, to help the sport. And we felt like that uh, opening that thing up uh, on some level um, and providing, uh, at the time we had a dyno and at the time we had um, a lot of space and those things that uh, there would be a benefit gain throughout the sport for a number of um, teams. I didn't know for certain what was there. I mean, we knew that there had been a bunch of stuff there, but uh, over the years it had been sold or bartered or used or given away or stolen or God knows what all the stuff was, you know, in that shop was, yeah. was still there. Um, so we didn't, you know, we didn't spend days or weeks doing an inventory of every nut and bolt screw in the place. We just said, Hey, Joe, here's the price. Uh, just change the locks on the door. Whatever's there belongs to us. And that's what we did. And, um, with the, uh, the sole intent of building us a new boat, um, which we, we desperately, uh, felt like we needed. Um, but it, um, it did a number of things to really kind of, um, as I mentioned earlier with, with, with home street, it, it, um, it added to the business objectives that they wanted to accomplish. And so um, that's what we did. And uh, it turned out to be a, um, a win-win for everybody, at least for a short period of time. Uh, we still have challenges, uh, you know, using the shop uh, because a lot of guys in the Seattle area have their own shops. Right. But we, uh, you know, we try real hard to, to, to help H1 as well as, H, uh, as, well as the teams uh, whenever possible, uh, as much as possible. So it's... Uh, it's kept the shop open. It's kept it um, a viable option for those that want to use it. And we're uh, extremely proud to uh, have had it, kept it going, and, um, and uh, add to uh, what Home Street wants to do, which is uh, help our sport. Yes, yeah. Well, I know a lot of people are out there really thankful that you guys have done that. And it's, uh, there's a lot of history in that building, so it's nice that that's still going on. And it's, there's still hydroplanes in that, in that building there. Yeah, it's, um, you know, there's uh, many people have come and gone through there. Many people have been there, um, um, but really enjoy it. It's, uh, 
it's, uh, it's there's no question it's a premier place if you're going to build boats or repair boats or work on boats or engines yeah. um, the best of everything uh, as far as facilities you know to turn things over or having molds or or just all the equipment you need to do what we do is uh, is all right there and it's uh, it's a blessing for us all to have it still well did you find any surprises in that shop when you uh, opened the doors and it was yours then um, I think the biggest surprise David was just the the vast amount of stuff that's still there. Yeah. Um, after, you know, after all those years, the, the, actually Bud had, had, had uh, quit racing. Joe had quit racing and um, uh, many people had come and gone. A number of people had used the shop and parts had been uh, borrowed, bartered, sold, God knows what, you know, all the, the, the T6 and the T5 were sold and other yeah. things had been sold. Um, engines had been sold and those things. So it's, uh, I think the, the most pleasant thing was, wow, you know, if this thing has been here, it's been actually 10 years or so since, since the bud has actually worked out of this, the, the bud guys had worked out of that shop and there's still this much stuff. It's like, wow. So it was pleasant and, uh, and, uh, very encouraging. So we're, we're tickled to death to, uh, to have it and, uh, more, uh, I guess more happy to, to make sure that, uh, not only us, uh, you know, Miss Madison is promoting the city of Madison and uh, and being a good steward of our uh, sport to uh, to help those that uh, want to be a part of it. So it's not about me or not about any specific specific member of the team. Uh, we all work for Miss Madison, and Miss Madison uh, most certainly uh, is owned by the city, not by me. Thinking about the sport and what you guys have done for it, there's been a lot of positives there, but the sport has been in some challenging years. Uh, more so lately than before. Uh, where, where, where do you see things going for the future of the sport? I mean, I just think, I think back to, it's probably a loaded question here, right? I, I just think back to the nineties, I was a kid and how big it was and potential of where it could go. And I know a lot of people love the sport out there and want to see it prosper. Uh, what, what, in your mind, what do you see happening? Well, I guess I'd have to preface the, uh, my rant, if you will, by the fact that I've, I've spent obviously many years in the sport. Luckily or unluckily, I don't know which it is with only one team. I, I, I don't know what, you know, I never have taken the approach that the grass is greener over there. Um, and you know, I haven't, I haven't jumped back and forth. I've always been a Miss Madison guy, but, uh, irregardless, I've tried to, uh, to really understand, uh, the business side of it, which is my passion, um, the competition side. Um, I'm not, as I mentioned earlier, I know, uh, I'm not much into the, the, um, the mechanical part of it. Um, but I've looked at it for a long time, uh, but primarily from a business side. And I think, um, the biggest challenge that we have is getting back to a more business-like approach to the everyday workings, if you will, or the everyday agenda, or the everyday, um, um, we'll call it the everyday business plan of H1. Um, needs to be more business-oriented than it is, than it currently is. And I, and, and, and until I see that, or until we see that, or until business sees that, change um business people are um are not about tradition they're not about fans 
needs or wants. They're not about um, anything other than what's best for my business. And until we as a sport bless that uh, and wrap our arms around that with, um, with every ounce of, of, of passion that we can, um, we, uh, we'll struggle. We'll, we'll, we'll struggle, but we won't, we won't have businesses and sponsors that want to get involved in something that is, I hate to use the word hobby, but in many respects it is. If we can't deliver on the things that I mentioned earlier that DeWalt needed, if we can't deliver on the things that Home Street wants or whomever it is on a, on a, on a purely business level, then they won't invest their money. And it's, it's, it's probably not um, the, um, maybe not be the preferred circumstance, but any kind of motorsports today, especially at our level, requires dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, things don't come for nothing and um, they require dollars. And until we, um, until H1 um, and, uh, and the teams themselves bless the mentality that um, whatever it takes um, to satisfy the sponsor on a business to business level. Now there are, there are, there are those that, that, um, that, that do it on, on some level that um, um, makes some sense, but not on a large scale in many respects. Um, it's a, uh, it's a fun thing to do in Pasco and Seattle. Um, not as much now as it used to be, but there are a lot of, a lot of teams that can, can uh, obtain sponsorship for Pasco and Seattle because it makes some level of business sense, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really make um, total business sense. Some of it has a, a personal um, a component to it, but um, and t- until we get to the point where um, you can make a real case for a DeWalt or you can make a real case for a Pringles or a Budweiser or, you know, they're still spending money. There's no mm-hmm. question about that. Mm-hmm. But until we can make a case that uh, they can get value by being a part of what we have to offer, then um, it'll be it'll be a real challenge. And we've been fortunate that uh, Miss Madison has been able to deliver what Alberto wanted, um, and currently what Home Street wanted, and and and, and some of our previous sponsors, and on a business to business level. And when that, uh, I think when that. Uh, trend uh, changes back to way you talk about back in the nineties. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, just look at the sponsors that were back in the nineties. Well, back in the nineties, people felt like they didn't do it because they loved to do it. They do it because it made business sense, you know, and the DeWalt example that I gave you earlier is a perfect case. Yeah. The perfect case, yeah. you know, they got 2% market share, Makita's kicking their ass, literally kicking their ass yeah. in the marketplace. Makita came out with the first real high production, you know, the, the first cordless drill. Mm-hmm. And DeWalt said, we're going to kick their ass, and here's how we're going to do it. And they went to Lowe's and, and Home Depot and convinced them to buy those $40,000 per day. 
times 160 days and look what happened to their market share yeah. and sales. And so um, those are just examples of the, of the, uh, of the goals and objectives that um, need, to, uh, need to be able to take place. Um, you know, and you can dissect that down to where well, you need TV, you need this, you need that. You, you, know, you need a lot of things. But I think uh, first and foremost, we have a, a, a good fan base. We have um, good so far as that the, the sites have done a good job of keeping um, their events um, manageable, attractive, uh, profitable, and uh, entertaining for their fans. Now, they've had to divest and do air shows and other things to, to make it work, but um, um, they've done a good job. And so there are things to sell. And uh, when, when we figure out that, uh, you know, company XYZ wants to reach out and sample to the 50,000 fans that show up at Tri-Cities or however, whatever the number is, um, and convince them that that is a good uh, investment of their money, they'll, they'll, they'll show up. Not because they like the Tri-Cities or they don't like it or they like Seattle or they Detroit. It makes no difference. They're all about selling product, whatever it is that they sell. I say I could go on and on and on, on but uh, that's kind of the that's kind okay. of the, the the overview and for at least for me is uh, okay. you know we need to get back to more of a uh, if we're gonna if we're really gonna make it work more of a uh, a, a business like approach and I think it starts with uh, it starts with H one. Well, in, in another aspect of the future, you know, question marks of the future of the sport, uh, the power plant. If you had any like you know opinion on where to the sport should go um, looking towards the future for power plant because we know turbines are more and more scarce and rare. Is there an alternative that you see working for H1? I know there's been some meetings and, and talks about it in the past. And um, There's certainly, uh, at least on our part, there have been um, um, uh, a number of steps in that direction. Um, I think the fact that um, the turbines have been around for a while, they're, they're, they're very good. They're, they're very, we know all the attributes. We don't need to talk about the attributes. They are what they are. And those, uh, those are all very good things. I think one of the challenges is that um, there's a finite supply. Right. Okay. And um, with the finite supply being what it is, um, there has to be a, a, a next, if you will, a next phase, or at least in my view, and it has to have one that has a more commercial application um, to people who want to do business in our sport. So um, we've been fortunate, at least I have, uh, I think that Miss um, Madison has allowed me to spend some time, effort, energy, and money in uh, doing some research. So we, we, we're a long way down the road in, uh, in, in what comes next. Um, okay. That's been a little bit aggravated by the fact that when we, when we bought the bud shop, we um, felt like this could be like a five-year plan, if you will, mm -hmm. um, because we had a new five-year deal with, with, uh, with Home Street, and um, we had some really you know, neat goals and objectives. Uh, one of the things that, that came out of the, the purchase of the bud shop was the dyno up in Lake Stevens. Mm -hmm. But fortuitous, I guess, in a bad way for us, not fortuitous, but in, in a bad way, um, that property uh, up in Lake Stevens was owned by the city of Lake Stevens, where the dyno was, was located. So okay. we owned 
the dyno, but the facility that it was in was leased property owned by the city of Lake, uh, of Lake Stevens. Okay. And they opted, uh, as, as, as you're well aware, in the, in the Northwest, most, most everything has grown, right? You know, mm -hmm. In County, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. everything has just grown exponentially out there. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and yeah, it's crazy, you know, the, the yeah. growth. And Lake Stevens was not immune to that. And so what, the, the dyno was in a, what I called a three-bay garage. Um, and one bay was for the dyno, and the other two bays were for um, City of Lake Stevens maintenance people to work on trucks and maintenance vehicles and equipment that uh, they need to service, the, you know, the citizens of, of City of Lake Stevens. And so uh, when, the, when the final renewal of the lease came up uh, for renewal, uh, Lake Stevens advised us that they needed the property for city services and they would not renew the lease. Wow. And so um, what we had hoped uh, would be a, you know, a, a five-year transition allowing us to continue to use the dyno and service engines and offer that service to, uh, to all of our, you know, not only competitors, but friends that, uh, mm -hmm. that run a turbine, that uh, vanished after a little over a year, year and a half. Uh, wow. Totally unexpected, yeah. um, but it was one of those things. But what that really did for me and for Miss Madison was really, excuse me, accentuate the fact that uh, we need to get our act together and talk about uh, post-turbine. So we've, uh, we've done a lot of work. I personally have done a lot of work in that regard and met with a number of people and uh, talking about those options. Um, and as I've done that, uh, you know, uh, in Seattle last year, we it just so happened the NHRA had their event uh, the same weekend as Seafair, and so we were able mm -hmm. to uh, to meet with some of the NHRA people. And many of them, not all of them, but some of the the, the top teams are are based in Indiana. Okay. Um, so uh, especially Don Schumacher and the Schumacher Racing Team. Uh, Schumacher got seven teams in NHRA, and so we've uh, we developed a uh, relationship with those guys. Um, Thanks to Mark Evans, Mark started that thing and was allowed us to be to be a kind of tag along, if you will, at Seafair. Okay. Uh, so, you know, kudos to Mark. Of course, Mark's kind of been into that type of stuff for a long time, anyway. So, mm -hmm. we were uh, we were just kind of doing our due diligence, and we continue to do that. So, um, we're very much focused on uh, what the next power plant may be. Um, there's a you know a, a multitude of options out there, certainly. Um, and our, our focus is really to, to not only get something that's uh, uh, commercially viable, um, but something that will, um, will, will fit in with the business side of the sport and augment the business side of what, which has always been my focus. Um, you know, people that sell filters and belts and hoses and lines and fittings and pistons and cranks and God knows what. Now, I don't know if that's where we'll end up. But um, we're looking for partners. Um, we're also very fortunate, Miss um, Madison is and has been, to um, have the council of people like Forrest Lucas. You know, Forrest uh, sponsored the uh, Madison Regatta for a number of years. Mm -hmm. uh, Forrest is Indiana, um, lives in Indiana the majority of the time. He's got facilities in California. Uh, one of his main uh, manufacturing facilities is an hour away from me here in Madison. Uh, he's got a home in Indianapolis, and so uh, and we've made friends with, with Forrest, and so he's a great resource. Um, obviously involved in motorsports, as we all know, um, uh, supports the um, uh, the Colts, 
with the, the naming rights on, the, on that yeah. stadium. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's a great resource to, uh, to talk about and how, you know, how do we, uh, you know, how do we incorporate uh, and how do we make this thing more attractive for people like him to get involved? So it's a, uh, it's a multiple, multiple pronged approach, but one we're gathering data all the time and, um, and know that the, um, while the, you know, the, the transition is not going to happen next week, it is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd like to be able to uh, to kind of lead the charge in that regard and see if we can uh, make it work because uh, uh, Miss Madison dearly loves the sport and, and wants to do our part. I'm glad to hear that. Do you think we might see an automotive power plant in the Miss Madison next coming years, maybe? Uh, I wouldn't commit to being an automotive. Pl- automotive um, okay. But... Um, I, I will tell you this, that um, um, I think in a, um, in a Miss Madison supported <clears throat> unlimited, you'll see a different power plant than a turbine. Okay. In the, in the, in the not too distant future. Okay. Uh, what that'll be, I'm not in a position to say it's gonna be X, Y, or Z, um, but I do know that, um, that we are, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are, um, who are, are, are uh, very, uh, um, on a business level, are, are very uh, interested in uh, what we're trying to accomplish and wanting to help. And so um, we're going to, uh, you know, where that's going to end up, I don't know. Uh, I know where I want it to end up. And we'll see if it, you know, if that does, in fact, come to pass. Okay. Um, you know, whether it's uh, who's involved. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, it's. To me, it's 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 the next challenge. We are uh, uh, extremely happy with our relationship with, with Home Street, and uh, and what they're trying to accomplish. Um, but we're uh, we're looking to the future, and uh, we think that Miss Madison uh, um, has the uh, has the, the the broad understanding on the business side of how to accomplish that. Uh, our board is very supportive of what we're trying to accomplish. Um, they're they're. They're not only fans of the sport, but they're uh, good business guys. And so uh, our business conversations and our board meetings are, are very much uh, what's the future of the sport look like and how can we, uh, how can we help support that? Um, we are the, you know, I don't know if we're the good guys or the bad guys, but we're, uh, you know, we are a, uh, we are certainly a high profile team. <laughs> you know, well, I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's what we are. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, leaders need to lead. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, we're going to do that. Well, I'll call you good guys because you're doing a lot for the sport and you're, you're certainly trying to help it continue it into the future. So anyone uh, uh, doing I, positives I, for the sport, I say they're good guys. So It depends on your perspective. I think some <laughs> of times, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe understand or don't understand. And, uh, uh, but that's, you know, that's, I can't do much about that. I just know that yeah. we have uh, – Certain goals and objectives, first and foremost, is support our city and, and, and promote our city. Second is to promote our sponsors and, um, and third, to, uh, to make this sport better. We have, uh, whether it's on the beach, whether it's in the boardroom, whether it's on the water, uh, we're extremely proud of what we've accomplished. We're a large team. You know, I take anywhere from, not I, but our team takes anywhere from uh, 15 to 20 people to every race. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we're selling t-shirts and we're, doing Facebook and we're doing uh, God knows what we got a display boat program going or running two boats looking at possibly running three boats uh, really? looking at developing a new um, 
a power plant, trying to do something with the dyno. So uh, there's a lot going on in the Miss Madison world, and um, we've uh, you know we we're, we're very excited about the about the future. Yeah, well that's that's fantastic. Well, I know it's I mean it's super exciting to talk about these things. I know fans will be very excited to you know talk of different power plants. I think you know in previous years with various types of you know motors out there on the water i mean think of the years when there was maybe the early 80s when there was allisons out there with merlins and griffin and turbines and just the variety that package brings so i'm excited to hear those possibilities of another power plant being used and yeah, there's uh there's significant technology out there in, in the age of computers that makes it such that uh you know at least in in, in my experience and talking especially with these these uh, nhra guys yeah, These guys are crazy. You know, <laughs> three hundred miles an hour and a quarter of a mile. But it's it's interesting yeah. to talk to them. And uh, even though I, I can't talk much on their level because I'm not a gearhead, but uh, um, there are aspects of it that I do totally understand. So uh, it's been uh, fun, encouraging, and very uh, very promising. So we're uh, we're hopeful, and yeah. uh, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, you said that just possibility of racing three boats. I know you've been last last year you ran two boats at most of the races and. I kind of wanted to talk about what the challenges were for the team running two boats, but I, I want to hear a little bit more of the possibility of another boat coming out with your team. Well, the, the two boat thing was something that we, we, we did last year. Um, our first attempt at that, um, much to the chagrin of Mike Hansen. Mike is just absolutely, uh, uh, you know, is, uh, finds that to be a real challenge and he's right. Uh, I couldn't agree with him more. Um, but, um, having said that, uh, on the on the three uh, on the three boat team, um, we're we're looking at um, we we've got a great relationship and a long term commitment to uh, to support Home Street. Um, this year we brought on um, and they called us as well. Uh, Goodman John Goodman from uh, John Goodman Real Estate there in Seattle. Uh, John's a fan of our sport and and wanted to be involved. Uh, and much of what John does, uh, at least in our relationship, as I mentioned, uh, you know, John, what do you want to do? That's, you know, it's not what I can do for John. Uh, it's what he wants to do and how can I support that? And so uh, he was very honest and upright and forthright about what he wanted to accomplish. And one of the things he wants to do uh, has a, excuse me, has a charitable component to it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, a number of his favorite charities in the Seattle area will be supported uh, as part of oh. what we do. Nice. So um, the, the boat will be the Miss Goodman real estate and um, Jeff Bernard will drive it. And, um, and we'll be supporting a number of charities and we're working through the details of that now. But I think the third, the, the talk of the third boat um, really uh, has come to light. Um, not really come to light, but it's always kind of been a part of um, one of the options. Um, and that we have, have had a, um, at least 15, 16, 17 year relationship with Alberto. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And obviously we've gotten to know Art um, very well personally, as well as professionally. Uh, but in, in addition to that, we've also um, uh, developed a, a great relationship with Larry Alberto his wife Lynette and their family and his brothers and sister. So they obviously have a passion um, and we're trying to figure out a way to keep them involved. Um, obviously Mr. Goodman 
and his goal and objective um, is uh, is a very much important. Home Street obviously is our number one priority, yeah. but this third boat thing is one that um, uh, will be in consort with what Larry's wanting to do and maybe not want to do. I, I don't know, Larry's, you know, those of us who, who know Larry and some of the people who listen to this interview will obviously can relate because all of us know Larry or virtually all of us know Larry on some level. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I talked to Larry quite frequently. Larry's in Italy, uh, building a home over there or remodeling a home over there. And so uh, we're very, very cognizant of, of what Larry wants to accomplish. And we're hopeful that um, we can uh, satisfy what he and, and, uh, and Alberto need. Uh, Alberto's involved uh, now that they've been sold. Uh, they have a little different goal and objective, if you will. Uh, on the business side, and so um, hopefully the uh, the uh, the unlimiteds and uh, H1 and Powerboat Racing can add value to their uh, to their their corporate objectives, and so uh, we'll see where that plays out. So I'm not uh, I'm certainly not looking forward to it happen next week or the week after, but uh, <laughs> it's one of those things that uh, uh, I'm not going to shy away from, and I'm not going to deny the fact that uh, we really want to support Alberto. Um, and uh, there are a number of boats out there. And Hanson, uh, he wants to kill me all the time when I even talk the, the thought of it or talk of it. But uh, I, I think there's ways to uh, to make it work and uh, and not compromise what we're doing with uh, with Home Street or with Goodman. But we'll see. You know, I, I just uh, I just think that um, we have a lovely facility. We have a, um, a good economy. We have a, a real passion for um, um, our sport on. On, uh, on many levels and we're very bullish about that and so um, we want to support that and if that means helping Larry um, and Alberto along with Goodman and, and uh, Home Street then uh, hey I'm all for it um, I'll just have Larry make sure he pays me enough money to where I can just go hire a bunch of people to do it <laughs> you'll love to hear me say that but I've said it to him many times anyway so Larry it's all about the money just how much you want to spend all right. Well, that's, that's very exciting. Yeah, there, is, there are a lot of boats out there right now. There's a lot of boats in Detroit sitting around and other parts of the country that, you know, that, that have possibilities. So that's, that's really fun to think yeah, there's, about. Uh, there's many out there. And you speak of Detroit, I, I, I certainly hope we can, we can figure out a way to get back to Detroit. That's a, uh, yes. uh, that's a, uh, a sore that needs to get, uh, needs yeah. to get mended. Yeah. Uh, such great fans in Detroit and such great history and great people. Um, yeah. Um, we just need to figure out a way to get back there. Yeah, that, that that would be huge for the sport to be back there. Unfortunately, I never I've never been able to to be at that race. My dad, for whatever reason, never took me there. So I would love to experience an H one race in Detroit, the Rooster Turn, at some point in my life. Well, if, yeah. if we end up with two boats <laughs> or three boats back there, then maybe we just uh, bring you along. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's many things that, uh, like I say, we got in anywhere from 15 to 20 people what's uh, what's another one bring you along and there's always right. things to do whether uh, whether it's marketing or selling t-shirts or uh, uh, working on turbines or god knows what there's a lot to do so uh, all right well I'm, I'm, I'm ready uh, i'll i'll be waiting by the phone so how about okay. that <laughs> well I, I know you knew bring little um everyone around the sport did you such a big part of it i just wonder if you had any good bringing stories you could share with us I, I've got a bunch, certainly, um, but I, I think my favorite, and I'll try and condense it as best I can, 
was, uh, and there, and literally there, there could be dozens of them, but the one that really always sticks out in my mind was Bernie was in Madison at the Madison Regatta, and there's a riverboat casino about called Belterra Casino, just about 15 miles upriver from Madison. And Bernie heard that Ray Charles, obviously a number of years ago before he died, but mm -hmm. I believe it was Ray Charles was performing at Belterra that night. And so Bernie wanted to go. And so we were able to arrange that. And afterwards, Bernie ended up at the blackjack table and they'd, he'd reserved the table for himself and Bill, uh, who was work, was with him, um, and his wife, Jane, and Jane got up and left and Bernie was playing the reserve table by himself. And he was playing large amounts of money and playing three hands. <laughs> and I stood there a few minutes and he was losing his hat ass and overcoat. And get in there, he says, get in there and break them cards up. And I said, I can't play for that kind of money, you know? And he said, well, what can you play for? And I said, I can play for $25 a hand. Get in there. And so sure enough, Bernie was playing three hands and I was playing one. And for whatever the reason, Bernie started winning. And I was hit and miss and hit and miss. And I, I uh, you know, just really just enjoying the evening and the $25 a hand was really more than I could afford at the mm -hmm. time. But so what? Sit down there, Charlie. Sit down there and, you know, dealer in where the you know what, you know, he's not treating me fair and just bitching to the high heavens. And turns out Bernie ended up getting on a win streak and started winning. And I ended up losing about 500 bucks. And I just had enough. You know, I said, Bernie, I got to go. I've, I've lost all I can afford to lose. I, I'm out of here. And I'm not much of a gambler anyway. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Well, he's still playing, drinking and having a good time. So the next morning, I get up and walk down to, uh, you know, to the boat. And I, I don't you ever been to Madison, but right at the top of the pit ramp, before you go down over the hill into the pits, Bernie would always, Bernie's bus was always parked there at the top of the ramp. And this is early, early in the morning. And he was sitting out there in front of, the, of his bus in a chair by himself, drinking a cup of coffee. And, um, and uh, Charlie yelled at me, hey, Bernie, how you doing? He said, how'd you come out last night? I said, I didn't do worth a shit. Said, how'd you do? And he told me what he wanted. It was a large amount of money. And he said, well, what, what happened? I said, well, you know, just like you said, that dealer wasn't worth a shit. And I, he said, what'd you lose? And I said, well, I lost $500. You lost $500? I said, yeah, I lost $500. He said, hold on a minute. So he walked up in the bus and came back and he said, here. He gave, him a, gave me $500 bill. He says, thank you, thank you, thank you. So thank you, Bernie. And so uh, I was uh, forever grateful. And we talked about that a number of times since that time. You know, you ever want to, uh, you know, let's go up to Belterra and play some cards again. So uh, like I say, there's many, many stories, but that was one of the ones where I, uh, Bernie, uh, Paid me five hondo, gave, gave him my five hondo back. So it was, a, it was a fun time. He was, a, he was a generous man, wasn't he? Uh, very generous. Yeah. 
taught me a lot about the business of hydroplane racing and um, which I, as I mentioned, you know, I mentioned multiple times in our conversation was the part that really intrigued me. Um, but uh, very much so um, was all about the business of, uh, of this, of our sport. And um, it, was, it was great just to, uh, to be in his presence, listen to what he had to say, uh, even the gruff nature at times. Uh, but it was always in good, uh, good fun, good positive vibe, uh, very much in the interest of, uh, of making this thing better. So, uh, yeah, he was uh, quite a unique individual. Threw me out a number of parties, like I'm sure all of those that can, you know, you know, he had a had a dress code, and if you didn't meet the dress code, then he he greeted you at the door, you know. And I'm sure hundreds, if not thousands, of people who were involved with him can, would tell you the same thing. You know, if you didn't show up in the right attire. You know, you need to go back and get the right attire on or don't come in. So uh, it was, uh, you know, everything about the relationship was, uh, especially for a young guy, um, was, uh, was, was very good. And I, I, I cherish those times. Well, yeah, I did hear a story about something about my, in Miami one year. He threw you out of a party. Can you, can you share about that one? Yeah, he, um, we were, there's rumor that at this party he was having, he had a, and I, I don't want to embellish it much. I think it's all, but it turns out, and it's, it's kind of immaterial. He had a 18 foot John boat inside this party and had a divider down the middle of this little fishing boat. It's just like a, like a little John boat. And on one side of the divider was shrimp. On the other side was um, I, th I don't know if it's lobster or uh, oysters on the half shell. I don't recall which it was. Yeah. But anyway, the rumor was that that was there. And so you uh, obviously, who does not want to go have a beer and stand in front of an 18 foot boat and eat shrimp all night long, right? Yeah. Especially on Bernie. <laughs> so um, we finagled a way to get in there some way, somehow. And um, maybe because he wasn't at the door, he wasn't greeting people. I don't recall the circumstance, but I do recall later him coming up uh, and saying, hey, you don't have the right attire on. You got a coat upstairs, don't you? And I said, always, always have a coat when you're around. And he said, go put the GD coat on or don't come back. <laughs> I said, okay, all right. If that's, that's the rules, he said, that's the rules. So I did. And uh, didn't have to wear a tie, but you had to wear a coat. And uh, went down and uh, enjoyed uh, beer and shrimp on Bernie. So, oh, that's funny. M m miss those days. Uh, yeah. you know, there was, you know, he he fed us um, at virtually every race. The volunteers yeah. as well as the teams yeah. um, had cookouts and had uh, pig roasts in Madison and and virtually everywhere we went, he uh, he fed us. So uh, yeah, those are. Those are just all good times and all yeah. a part of uh, part of the rich history of being a part of this thing with uh, with uh, yeah. him and Anheuser Busch. And they were good meals too. I remember a few meals uh, when I was on teams with my dad on Muscatel's team that we we go for the, the weekend lunch, you know, lunches by Bernie, and there there was it was good food there. He he pulled out some good spread. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for those of us that had the had the pleasure of. Uh, racing with him or against him or uh, what have you. Um, he didn't do anything uh, halfway, uh, whether it was running his race team, running his business, um, or uh, running a meeting, or um, providing lunch. Everything was, uh, 
very much first class, uh, just like that coach that he pulled in the pits and just like the boats and the chrome vices on the trailers and those things. It was uh, very much was done to a standard that uh, he wanted to project and uh, he certainly made sure that happened. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I know I'm going to switch gears here a little bit and talk uh, about family in the sport. It's, um, there's so many people, you know, it's, it's, they share this sport with their family. Um, I shared it with my father for many, many years. I hope to share it with my son you know, when he's old enough. Um, sharing it now, he's only five, but sharing what I can with him. And I know you share a lot of it with your family as well. They come to some of the races and help you sell merchandise and do other things with you. What, what does it mean to, uh, to you to have them involved? And how, how did you get them to be uh, so involved with you? Yeah, I've, I've been fortunate, um, at least um, in my entire career, um, with Miss Madison, that uh, in the early part of the uh, early part of my career, um, we were. I was fortunate then that my wife and my kids allowed me to to go. Uh, like I said, I hadn't missed a race since 1980, so um, I obviously been to a lot of races and traveled the world um, with this thing, uh, all with the support of my wife and my and my daughters. But I had four daughters. On a personal level, I don't like to get involved in it and, and, and talk much about it. But on, on some level, uh, I mean, it's just the truth. It is what it is. I mean, I, one of my daughters was handicapped. My oldest daughter was handicapped. And uh, she was only supposed to live between three to five years. Her injuries that suffer, were suffered at birth. Um, and so um, she was a um, – um, She w we kept her at home. She was supposed to live three to five years, and turns out she lived to be 27. Oh, wow. But she lived the entire time with us in our home. And so um, my wife and my other three daughters uh, obviously took care of her uh, as they were growing up. And as I was out chasing the proverbial race boat, right? And um, that worked fine. Uh, everybody was supportive of that. Uh, but when Christy died at 27, um, it was kind of a, uh, I guess I can say it, uh, it was an oh shit moment. Like, oh shit. You know, now we can actually go do something because, you know, uh, before she wasn't able to travel and wasn't able to go with us. And so that evolved into a circumstance where my wife and my, my three daughters um, felt like, okay, now we can, we can actually go enjoy this. And so uh, they were fans. Um, and so, uh, they began to travel and um, for the last number of years, um, virtually 10 or so, um, they've traveled with us at, uh, at virtually every event. And so uh, it's been good to have them. They view it as my daughters, I, I, I say my daughters, they review it, they view it as good time to have with mom and dad that we just didn't have. You know, we didn't have family vacations as, uh, as, as they were growing up young kids. Um, they didn't have, uh, you know, I was gone, but the girls didn't, you know, we didn't go to Disneyland for family vacation because somebody had to take care of Christy. Yeah. And then once Christy passed, uh, the old shit moment happened. And what turns out now the old shit moment was the kids can now travel. So, um, even though they're one's 40, one's 35 and one's 30, um, they still enjoy going with mom and dad. It's still good 
to travel with us and uh, and hang out. So they they do their thing and uh, let's just sell T-shirts and uh, do the things for the sponsor, whether it's Alberto or whether now it's Home Street or whomever the sponsor may have been. Uh, actually, in their their in their uh, career of traveling with us, it's just been with Alberto and Home Street. So uh, it's been a great family thing for them to re really enjoy. They do their thing. I do my thing, and uh, we kind of find it as a, uh, a good family bonding time. In fact, it's even gone so far as I've, um, my, all my daughters are in healthcare, um, and uh, as a part of their, uh, in fact, the two youngest ones are both doctors. So I, uh, I've had them negotiate in their contracts that uh, if they want, and they, they would, would wanted to, a uh, certain time off. And yeah. that certain time off happens to center around all the boat race weekends. So, uh, yeah, we make it a family affair. They, uh, they have fun hanging with their mother. They find it cool. And, um, <laughs> which, uh, I find cool that they do yeah. at their age. And so it's been, uh, it's been a blessing, uh, the last 10 years or so to have them, uh, have them be a part of it and, um, and get to know, um, what this thing is all about that I've been doing forever. And they're, they're like me and you, they're hooked. So oh, yeah. it's been oh, fun. Yeah. Big time. Well, it's nice that you can share it with your family. It's it's very uh, special to find something that you can share with your family. So it's nice that uh, you have that with them. Yeah, it was a, a challenge up to the point uh, of losing Christy, but since then it's been a real yeah. blessing, and we're uh, yeah. we're certainly making the most of it and uh, enjoying all the uh, all the time we can. It's great to uh, to have the kids with me and wherever we go. In fact, yeah. I end up taking the wife to uh, Doha a number of times as well. So it's been uh, it's been rewarding and. Uh, makes the uh makes the challenges uh, even better uh, yeah. to, uh, to uh to to include them in the uh the fun well i hope you've enjoyed our episode make sure you come back next week to listen to our next episode we release new episodes every tuesday at 5 a.m pacific standard time also don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player as well as rate and review your experience for more updates on hydro news check us out on social media we're on the major players facebook twitter and instagram Rooster Talk is also online with our website, www.roostertailtalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for an email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, Hydro News, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. And if you're really enjoying your experience and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website through the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races.